0: Um, I want to start by just reiterating, I love the analogy that Hema made about Kingdom U, um, about the lenses. You know, this this guy, uh, William Federer, I listened to him about six months ago, and I said, wow, this is amazing. We need to bring this here to Lawrence or to our community. And so we called him, and he said, yes, I'm in. Just give me some dates. And we were able to get him February 12th. He is coming. He's such a renowned historian. He's written a ton of books. This is going to be something that you don't want to miss. Um, I'm saying carpool, whatever you got to do. Um, this is going to be like a masterclass, I think, on like freedom, uh, you know, uh, and tyranny, citizenship, and bondage, and God's irrefutable um, role in human flourishing. I mean, this guy ha- is amazing. Um, and I, I talked with him on the phone, and I thought, oh man, this will be, you know, ten minutes to coordinate everything, whatever dude went on for 45 minutes just telling me, like, hey, you see this, you see this, what's going on here? Like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, you're gonna blowing my mind, and you're going to blow everybody's mind. <laughs> um, so, it, he's really great, great guy, and uh, he is going to be coming and make, do everything you can. $15 for a student, that's like your lunch, I mean, your lunch is covered. It's going to be a nice, that's like free, basically, and you're getting stuff that could, like, help you see through new lenses. So, um, please make every attempt to come and get. If you're a community person and you have kids, find babysitter. Do whatever you can. Um, but this morning we're going to start our Built on the Rock series. And I don't know if you guys have gotten those journals yet. Does everybody have a journal? Do they, we get? Oh, Eddie does. All right, Eddie's the only one. All right, great. So before we leave today, can I borrow this? Before everybody needs to grab one of these. Okay, these are yours. They're right over there. Uh, Bailey just told me. So everybody needs to grab one of these, and you'll see why you need them in a minute. So, we're, we're, we're starting our Build on the Rock series, 21 days of training in the Word. Training, I love the, the analogy, or get swole, Did that's what you said? Yeah, get swole in the Word, you know, get some gains, right? A lot of people like to say that, right? Um, but I'm really excited, our team was thinking about this a few months ago, how can we start the year strong, <clears throat> and uh, we, our sister churches in Kansas City, Lawrence and Topeka are all doing this together. We're all on different timelines. I think they've started. We're the last ones to start, um, but that's great. Um, And as I was thinking about this idea of training in the Word, I remembered a time 14 years ago when I did my first half marathon. And that was a painful memory. Um, But I I said, man, I'm going to train and do this half marathon with a friend of mine, Josh. That was us at the end of the finish line when we actually finished. I had a little bit of hair. And um, at that point in my life, I was 34 years old, and I had done a lot of 5Ks and 10Ks, but never a half marathon, 13.1 miles. And I was like, man, I'm nervous, but I'm excited. I'm going to try to do this thing. And my friend Josh had run track at Emporia State, and he said, man, I'm going to put together a training regimen for us. And this was before the days of APPS where you just have like an app where like, oh, okay, four months out from your race. Here, here's all the things you need to do each day. So Josh put this thing together. Some days we'd run, you know, we'd have a long run on the weekends, nine miles, you know, or whatever. And then during the week, hey, we're going to do a speed, two miles of just six-minute pace. We're going to go at it, you know. And so we would do this little workout. And to be honest, you know, I was relieved that he was willing to do this, um, you know, but he would tell us, hey, this day we're going to rest, this day we're going to run fast. And we started about day seven or eight uh, into this, like the first couple weeks, I was like, man, could Josh, just call me and tell me that they're, let's call a snow day today. Can we just like, man, do we need an extra day off. I'm tired. This, this running, this nine miles is painful. Uh, my body's just not, you know, man, walk, run in Lawrence. And we would run in Lawrence. Lawrence is very hilly. Um, and man, these hills! I'd be like, we'd be crying going up these hills when we first started out. But we ended up, we ended up finishing the three or four months. I stuck it out because I had a friend kept pushing me, and, and we ended up doing a seven and a half minute mile pace for thirty-four year old. That, I thought that was pretty good. Um, you guys don't seem impressed, so that's. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just like my half marathon training, our twenty-one days of training in the Word we'll have we'll, we will have a plan that we're going to follow, okay, and that we're going to talk about that with those journals um we're going to give you also a method on how to study the scripture and how to when you're reading what you should be doing and I know that you're going to be tempted on day seven or eight to say, you know man i'm just I don't have the energy to read this morning i you know it, I don't want to continue the training regimen this is hard, you want to stop, but I want you to commit uh, to have at least one other person, okay, just ask one other person and say, hey, can you, you can ask me anything about this 21 days of training in the Word. You can ask whether I've read, whether maybe how's it been going, what God's been speaking to you. You know, I want you to commit to asking somebody to hold you accountable to this. Because what happens, day seven or eight, I know, I was experiencing that. I didn't want to keep going on my training regimen. And you may not want to keep going, but you need it. I needed it. Um, so, you know, it, it's interesting. If we don't do that, you know, it's, it's kind of like the feeling, man, you got to be in the Word to live the Word. If you don't, if you don't know what's in the Word, how are you going to live it, right? So we got, we got to do that. So I think there's no better way to spart- start the year uh, to, uh, for us than spending time in God's Word. And, 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 and this series is going to put a, a lot of value in supremacy On that, on God's word in our life. And there's because there is so much transformational power in the word. Okay, so our thematic scripture for this series is Luke six, forty nine through forty nine. And I think this gives us such a great word picture. It says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Very simple, right? Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them, I will show you what he is like. And the ruin of that house was great. Man, Jesus is giving us a great word picture in these verses. What a great picture. Our lives are like a house. And the quality of your life is like the quality of how that house is built. He's telling us, man, quality here by the, the way your house is built. The verse also mentions that it's not if the storm will come, but when. Which is like, wait, wait, what? If I thought if I live according to the word, my life will never have any problems, I'll never have any tough things. No, sorry. It's when the storms come. There's no exception. Everyone will face storms, trials, difficulties, challenges. If you haven't yet, you will. It's part of the human condition. And just because you're a follower of Jesus, you're not exempt from that. But I think he's trying to teach us here that how well your foundation is built will determine how you handle the storms, that are sent your way. If your foundation is strong, it will help you respond well, and you'll be resilient. If your foundation is not strong, it will sink and crumble. And maybe your faith will kind of be destroyed in many ways. But it seems like in these verses, the critical difference is hearing and doing. Hearing and doing. Both people hear, but only one did. It seems so simple, but that is where the that kind of that's where the rub is, you know, that like the the hearing and the doing, and I love this. It says uh, something I put here. I was thinking, man, this is so powerful. Maybe I thought it was powerful, but it's never been about how much you know the Bible. You know, we always think, oh, I got to get all this head knowledge, but it's how much can you live? How much of the Bible can you actually live? How much will you let the Bible change your life? How much can you live out? I know, Rich, why do you preach these simplistic third-grade messages? I know. I'm sorry. Not really. Um, In our Western culture, we come, I think, at things from a Greek mindset. We come from this Greek mindset. It's all about knowledge, facts, information, head knowledge. um, And this is the way we've all grown up. I mean, that's the way. You read it in a book, so I know how to do things because I read it in a book. It's a fact, you know. But the Bible The Hebrew mindset was a little different. You don't know something until you actually can do it. You don't know something until you could actually do it. Um, My wife and I moved to the country four years ago, (coughs) and we—I grew up in Miami, Florida, so it sounded fun and rugged um, to move out to the country. And we had a large wood stove that helps with heating the house. And I thought, man, I should get a chainsaw and start cutting wood to keep my family warm in the winter. And you know, I didn't know, I didn't know the first thing uh, about all that stuff. So I read some articles. I got a chainsaw. I got some safety equipment. Um, Did I know how to cut wood or operate the chainsaw? Heck no. I had to like, you know, I started started. I thought I did. And a Hebrew would have said to me, Rich you don't know crap. I mean, he would have said, like, you don't know anything because you haven't done it. You haven't done it. And the Hebrew was right. I had to then talk to some friends and go out with them, and I had to learn techniques, how to hold the saw, where to cut, how to fell a tree, where do you stand. I'm still learning. But until you get out there and do it successfully for a while, the Hebrew would say, you can't really do it. You don't really know how to do it. And I think it, it's more, the Hebrew model is more knowing than doing. Any, any, Some of you guys, do you feel like you learn better by watching somebody do it, and then you try it, you learn better that way? There's a group of people probably that do that. Other people can just listen to somebody talk and then go and do it. I, I, I'm i not one of those people. I need that apprenticeship model. Um, in our Western mindset, though, I think we get stuck in our heads, and we don't actually a lot of times live things out. Um, <clears throat> Jesus also compares the need to train in the word with food. In Matthew 4, he says, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Who loves food? Anybody like food? Okay. Now, there's some of you don't. I understand. I appreciate that. Um, not really. Um, I'm an Italian-Cuban background. Our families, that we did everything around food. There's always food at these events. Um, lots of food and lots of family. And, you know, there, we love food. Um, you know, and I, I think that as, as, you know, if we think about this, as Jesus is describing how we can't live on bread alone, you know, we can't go that long without food, right? I mean, we need food. It's a necessity. If you go a few days without food, you're pretty hungry, right? I mean, and people are pretty hungry. You need a consistent, healthy diet. If not, you get tired, lethargic. And it's the same with the Word of God. The same with the Word of God. You need a consistent, healthy diet of the Word to stay strong. You know, you can't expect to live like off the, day, the, the Bible apps, you know, verse of the week. Hey, let me just get this verse of the week. Or, you know, uh, maybe somebody sends you a faith text. Come on, super faith. Yeah, you got this this week. You can stay. Man, that is not going to keep you strong. That's like eating a piece of dry toast and then running a marathon, right? That's not going to last, you know? Um, but you might say, hey, that's why I come to church, Rich, so I can get fed the Word. And that's, fair, that's a fair point, you know? But I think, like, Sunday, the Sunday message is supposed to be like a nice steak, you know, a nice steak meal, meaty. You can chew on it through the week, you know, um, You know, get worship. You know, Michael and the team giving us some great worship. We have community. We get to see each other, talk, hang out, you know. But if you just ate one steak on a Sunday, then by Thursday, man, you'd be pretty weak and lethargic, wouldn't you say? By Thursday, if you just ate a steak on Sunday, um, nothing replaces a consistent diet of the Word of God. In fact, if you're just relying on Sunday morning, by midweek, you'll be what my kids like to say, hangry. You'll be very hangry. I have one daughter who when she's not getting, she doesn't eat enough, man, she gets hangry and nobody wants to be around her. I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about, hang, hungry and irritated all at once. People know what hangry is? Yeah? OK, cool. All right. Um, <laughs> you'll be bitter and not fun to be around, just like my daughter when she's like that. Man, I, nobody wants to be around her. and and you wonder, man, I wonder why my relationships aren't going so well. You know, maybe it's because you're not getting a healthy diet of the word. You know, That is not you. God wants you to live at a higher level. And that's why we're doing this series, because we want you to live at a higher level. We want to teach you to cook for yourself. You, know, you might start at ramen noodles or spam, but we want you to go, end up with a full-course steak. We want you to, like, or maybe some curry with some, a lot of veggies and stuff. You know, yeah, that's right. That's right. We want to teach you how to build your house on the rock because that is your responsibility. That is your responsibility. He gives you the responsibility to build your house. What kind of house are you going to build? I can't build your house for you. Your mom can't build your house for you. Grandma can't build your house for you. Your drinking buddies can't build your house for you. You have to build your house. It's on you. You can't afford to live off your friend's faith. You know, and and building a house takes a little bit of time. You know, you have to dig deep. Before you can go high, you have to dig deep. Have have you ever seen when they're building a house or big, even a skyscraper? Like, man, they go so deep into the ground. To build that foundation, it's so important. Foundation is so critical. You know, the glitz is like the cosmetic stuff on the outside that we all see. But, you know, if you don't dig deep and get everything level, it will collapse or have structural problems. All you engineers can attest to that, right? It's the same with your faith. You can look good on the outside. Man, everything's great. I don't have any problems. Everything's fabulous. But if you haven't developed the inside, When hard times come, you will sink. It's not if, you will, because the problems will come. So what are you building on? What's your foundation like? You know, if you think about that, like what's my foundation like? What are you establishing your life on? Is it other people's approval? If so, that's sinking sand. Your own abilities and talents, sinking sand. Your finances and your nest egg, sinking sand. Your foundation must be built on Jesus Christ, the ultimate reality, the pillar of truth. You know, what motivates us in some ways, like, what, man, why, why should I do this? What motivates us to dig deep? And I think it, 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 what motivates us should be a vision for the future, what the future looks like. It's a, it's a vision of who God is, and has called us individually and together as a church. God has a destiny, plan, and purpose for our lives, and he sometimes gives us glimpses, and that vision motivates us to dig. That's what motivates us to dig. Like, man, i got to go dig. Your life is valuable, and it's not, it's not like a little trailer or a tent down by the river. It's a mansion. And others will experience life because of you. I experienced life, many did, because of Reagan life. And I will continue to f- experience that life because of her life. We want, you want to live at a higher level, but you're going to have to dig deep if you want to live at that higher level. It's in the secret place, unseen. It's not on the social media posts. Hey, oh, oh man, oh, OMG, I'm watching, I'm reading my Bible today. Or I'm here, I'm here. Oh, I'm here at the coffee shop reading my Bible. This is so great. No! It's with Jesus and the one-on-ones when we get in the Word and pray. You're going to have to practice. That, and that's what we're going to do. These next 21 days, we're going to practice. And I know people don't like the word practice. I know no I mean, we can all remember our days if you we were in high school and you had to go to sports and practice and practice and everybody's favorite way, you know, you just want to play in the games, right? Coach, I just want to play in the games. But t- typically a team practices more than they actually play the game. Right? Today we got a big football game, right? How many days do they practice before the game? Six days, right? Five, six days, and one day of rest. Six, five days. They practice to play one game. We're going to have to practice. The practice is the thing that actually matters. So that when you're practicing the word, then you have something to say to people when the time comes. You know, practice forms a habit. I've said this before. I know I've said this before here. Practice forms a habit. Habit forms a reflex, and a reflex takes no energy. A reflex takes no energy. I want to read you this quote. It says, I am not awake and in my right mind unless and until I find the presence and reality of God and his ultimate issues in his word. You aren't awake and in your right mind till you commune with God and getting, get in your right mind. We need to get in our right mind. Being physically awake and spiritually awake are two different things. And we're awake. We wake up. We, you guys, when I when I climb out of bed, like I mean, the first thing I do typically is I go to the kitchen and I set up the coffee because I know that means a lot to my wife. And I, I, but I'm groggy. I'm walking. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm not spiritually awake at that time. I am, yeah, I'm physically awake, barely. But I'm like, I'm, I have to get. To get physically awake, but we also have to get spiritually awake. And you find your being in the Word of God. We are built, we we have a to build a resolve, to get in His Word, to do whatever it takes. We do that to get physical, to, to get we do that in the same way when we go work out, we get physical gains. We need those spiritual gains. Leadership experts say 10% is what happens to you, and 90% is how you respond. 90% is how you respond. Have you noticed that how some people seem so like become more purposeful or resilient when they face hardships and others just wilt? Have you seen that before? They wilt under the problems. Oh, man, they, they, just, they can't handle it. Why is that? And I think, I, I think that's because 90% of responding is not in alignment with the way life should be. That 90% comes from what you believe to be true about yourself, about God, and about others and the world. Let me say that again, 90% comes from what you believe to be true about yourself, about God, about others, and the world. It's not what you say to be true, but what you actually believe, based on your actions, okay, how you live things out. I always say, you know, people come and tell me, man, I'm going to start doing this, or I'm going to start living this way, or and I just, I, I say, oh, okay, great, I listen, you know, and what I do is I watch. How are they living? What is their life like? I watch their actions. I don't care about your words. That's great. You want to tell oh, Rich I'm going to read my Bible every day? Okay. Let's see what the fruit of that is. We'll see if you're really doing that. Look at their actions. How you live things out. We don't, we don't want that disconnect. We don't want our disconnect. We, we want our disconnect to be very small. When we perceive in how we live things out, we want our life to be in alignment. What's coming out of our mouth is the way we're actually living. And the Word helps us. It will help us do that. But you can only do that when you're building your life on the reality of the, of the of truth of God's Word. It's not a fairy tale story. Let me read 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Okay. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaching us, teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Wow. Do you see the Bible this way? You know, we often see it as good stories, but the scripture isn't just made to read like that. It's not. Scripture is kind of like meditative literature. Um, the more you meditate on it, the more it unlocks itself to you. You can read the same thing over and over again and you can get more illumination it can reveal new things to you. I know as I, I've been a Christian for, as I was reached as a college student, a law student actually at the University of Kansas. I might have read verses back then. I read them today and they mean so much different. There's so much new revelation I can get out of it. It's meditative literature. You can read something over and over and you can get more illumination. and New things are revealed to you. And you can do this many ways. You know, there's reading plans, chronological, like you start from the beginning of the Bible and go, you know, you can do it the historical. You can do whole books of the Bible, character studies, word studies. There are many ways to get the Word in you. But the goal is to meditate on it and get it in you. Chew on it. Ponder it. Let it change you. Let it change you. You know, the, the last thing I think that, and I tend to do this sometimes, is have a checklist mentality. Back before, like, phones could remind us of everything, you know, like, we actually had sticky notes. And I remember when I was, um, this was I was a college student, I would, like, literally write everything I needed to do that day on my, my notes. And I would, like, okay, as I would go through the day, cross it out, cross it out, cross it out. Um, some of you may still use those sticky notes, maybe. But... The last thing we want to do is have that checklist mentality with reading the Bible. All right, read my Bible. No. You, know, you end up unchanged when you do that. You end up unchanged. That's me living in my own strength and not getting what I need from God. That's not what, what I'm talking about here. Not a ritual tradition. Let me just move on. Sit there. Meditate on the Word. And our, our phones, I think, distract us often from what God wants to do in our lives. We're sitting there reading the Bible, and then, ding. Ding, ding, people are starting to message you, and you're like, oh, uh, let, me get, let me go back, let me, mesh, let me message this. All right, let me get back to the Word. All right, and then you, you, know, you just kind of go back and forth. That doesn't really work. I, I think we have to see that the Word of God is transforming power to shape us and get away and spend the time, don't let this distract me. I need to build my house. Get me away. Yeah, if I need to go to another room, put the phone in a drawer in another room, and I'm going to, man, I need to get away. I need to just get focused here how can this Word help shape me? Hebrews 4.12-13 says, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from His sight, but all are naked and exposed in the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. The Word of God is living and active. It pierces us. That's what it's telling us here. It hurts, but I think it's a good hurt. You know, I think it's a good hurt. God's word is true, and you can't fool it. You can't fool it. It's light that illuminates areas of our soul that we want to keep in the dark, the thoughts and intentions of our heart. It shows us who we are and where we're at. It empowers us to live a different way. And in some ways, you don't really read the word. The word reads you. It gets into you and it shows you what you are like and it calls you to something greater. The word doesn't conform to you, you conform to it. It's the standard, the measuring stick. You know, it's interesting. It's so many times that I have read the word and I'm like, man, I'm not really doing that. Ah, I don't really want to change that. That's... That would require this and this conversation and I may have to do this and I don't really want to do that. Well, am I going to conform to the word or am I going to conform to my wants? <clears throat> it's interesting, those who encountered Jesus after the resurrection, this is what they said, Luke 24, 32. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while we talked with, while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us open the scriptures to us it burns in us god speaks his word to us and it changes us if we allow it to so we've done, i've talked a little a lot about how the word can work in us and it can train us and so practically i want to do some practical stuff here now with with us um, we're going to give you this tool that works okay and it's it will help you build your life on the rock. And we're all going to do this together. Um, you should have. You're going to get a journal, all right? So we're going to get a journal here before you leave. Do not leave without a journal, okay? And some of you have already, may have already done this, and we're gonna, but you're going to do more of this, okay? But I'm going to show you this tool. It's called the SOAP method, and I'm going to do do it here for you in a minute. And that stands for S for Scripture, O for observation, A for application. And P for prayer. Oh, it's all back there. All right. Great. Um, so let me describe what it looks like to spend some time in God's Word, okay? And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually take you through some soap on our thematic verse that we're doing, uh, the thematic verse for this series. So number one, carve out some time where you can be distraction-free and fully engaged. You know, I talked about that. Maybe you have to place a phone in another room, you know, get away from by yourself. It's critical that you carve some time out distraction-free, and fully engaged. Okay? Then you're going to open your Bible to the scripture of the day. You're going to, or the chapter, or whatever it is that we're going to, you know, we're going to have these bookmarks for you that are in the journal, and I'm going to grab one um, so I can kind of show you as we're going through. Um, You're going to have these these bookmarks in this thing, and it's 21 different passages, scriptures, verses, or whatever. And you're going to, what you're going to do is read the passage. So tomorrow morning, Joshua 1, 1 through 9 is, our, is what we're going to read, okay? And we've listed it out there, um, and we're all going to be doing the same one. So everybody will have this journal, and on the bookmark it says read Joshua 1, 1 through 9. So that's the one for tomorrow, okay? The third thing is ask God to reveal something to you. Before you start reading, just be like, Lord, I'm here, I'm ready to listen. Posture your heart towards God, let's say, hey, God, I want you to do something with me as I'm reading this Joshua 1, 1 through 9, okay, then read, then read it, what I do, and then point number four is read through it one time, I read through the whole thing one time, and as I go through, I highlight or underline something that hits different, you know, something that maybe, maybe that's what God's speaking to me, you know, maybe it's a scripture, you know, maybe it's a few different scriptures, um, and then you're going to take out this journal, and, and I want you to grab well, grab that pen or highlighter, and after you read it once, okay, after you've read it once, I want you to place an S on the left side of the page, okay? And on the left side, I want you to write out the verse or verses that spoke to you, okay? So it, you read Joshua 1, 1 through 9, maybe verse 3 hits you, you, you put that S, and then you write out the whole verse, Okay? Then under O, you write an O. Next thing there, you write an O, and you say, what are you observing? What, what, what is going on here? Maybe something odd. Maybe something really interesting that struck you. Maybe you had an aha. Man, I've never thought of that before. Like, whatever, whatever, something that you've observed, you write there next to the O. You write, write that out. <clears throat> okay? Then you're going to write A, an A there on the left side how am I going to apply this to my life? How am I going to be different now? Because we want application. We want the Word to change us. Okay? Then you're going to write P, and you're going to write out a prayer. What is God showing me? What is God giving me here? What can I ask God to help me? How can He help me change, change me in this area? So, I want to demonstrate it for you. So, I took our thematic verse... Which was the, the verse in Luke about building your house on the uh, building your house on the rock, right? Um, the one. Uh, let me read it for you again. Oh, that up there. Oh, there it is. All right, great. So that's the verse. All right. So let's do. We're going to do a soap based off of this. Okay. So when I read this this week, okay, when I read that, I put under S. I put and when a flood arose. So John, there you go. And so when a flood arose, that struck, stuck out to me. And, you know, I then went to O and said, my observation, it's not if the storm will come, but when. There are no exceptions. Every one of us will face storms, trials, difficulties, challenges. Just because I'm a follower of Jesus, I am not exempt from storms. Okay, that's what I wrote down as I was doing this and reading these verses. Then I went to the A. Storms will come. I have to stay in his word so that my foundation is solid and that I will respond well. I need to live, live his truth, not just hear the truth. I need to live his truth, not just hear the truth. So then I went to the prayer, the P, and I wrote Jesus, and I prayed this after I wrote it down. Jesus, show me where my foundation has cracks and where there is any huge deficiencies. Give me the strength, faith, and focus to get in your word and apply it to those cracks and deficiencies help me jesus i need more of your truth and understanding that's a simple one that's it that's how you do it and and uh, you know i'm asking jesus to help me figure out where are these cracks where are my cracks in my foundation or where are their deficiencies okay this is how simple it is guys we can do this and over these next 21 days and and figure out let let and letting the word transform us Okay, um, on the back of the notebooks that you're going to get, there is the soap method. Okay, we put that on the back side there. So everything I just talked about—soap, the scripture, observation, application, prayer—it's there on the back. Okay. Um, hopefully, you'll have lots of journal entries over the next three weeks. Okay, and if you don't, if you don't have a Bible. If you're not, you don't like using the Bible app or whatever. If you want to, if you need a Bible, there's plenty. Uh, um, there's we have Bibles. Make sure talk to me. Read daily. Um, if you miss one, I hope you don't. Don't give up. You know, just get back on the get back on the train. You know, um, and remember when we soak, take the time, take the time to get in there. Um, it's simply a method to get reality of His truth in you. Um, and I, I hope we can all commit to do this together. Um, We're going to have Sunday messages that will build on what I preached on today. And I hope at the end of this, you will have created a life-giving habit. And I think if you do that, your life is not going to be the same. And the trajectory of your life is going to increase tremendously. Okay? So let me pray. um, And then don't forget to grab one of these on your way out. So... Father, we thank you for this time to get together and, Father, learn about, man, to get, we want to get built on the rock, Lord God. We want your word to, to build a strong foundation in our lives, Lord God. We want, a, we want a, the foundation to go deep. Father, we want you to build something deep in us. Let your word transform us, Lord God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, Let's go out and have fun soaping for the next 21 days, okay? All right. Have a great week. Um, We'll talk to you soon.